Welcome to this week's Energy Show. We're talking about building solar panels into the roof or the walls or the windows of your house or your commercial building. Basically, this concept uses the solar panels or some kind of solar material integrated with structural parts of a building. And that way you can generate electricity from those structural parts. I mean, the building shell has walls, windows, roofs. Why don't we make that electric and generate power from that? This concept is called Building Integrated Photovoltaics, or BIPV. It's one of the few FLAs in the solar industry. That's a four-letter acronym. Usually we like to stick to TLAs. But it's a great concept, and it's kind of one of those holy grails that people have been trying on and off for, God, as long as I've been in the industry. I mean, this is going back to the 70s. So the concept is to make a part of your building do double duty. So examples, roof shingles that generate electricity. Instead of those asphalt shingles or tiles that you put up, why don't you build solar material onto that and you can generate electricity from your entire roof. Or, for example, windows that transmit some light but also generate electricity. So they're not going to be perfectly clear, but you know, maybe when the sun's hitting them hard, they, they get a little bit more opaque. And that opaqueness is when you're generating electricity. And when you need more light, maybe they become more transparent, generate less electricity, but you can see out. Another good concept. Even things like special paint. I've heard about some organic photovoltaic material that can be put into paint. You can spray that onto anywhere you want, and that would generate electricity anywhere that's sunny. Obviously, you've got to put it on the inside of your house. So not all these great concepts. The reality is that they're very, very challenging to develop a commercial product that's really going to work in the industry, that's going to last, that people are going to want to buy, and it's going to be safe. So for a variety of reasons... Almost every single one of these products that I've seen come onto the market or, or be developed or offered has not achieved commercial success. There's a few exceptions, and we're going to talk about that during today's show. There's three reasons why these building integrated photovoltaic or BIPV products haven't gained traction, haven't become successful. The first is that they're always more expensive than ordinary solar panels. And then the, the, the flip side of it is that the rationale is, well, then you don't need to buy shingles. Well, the reality is even when you include the cost of the shingles and the installation of those shingles, a solar shingle is more money. So to, to install solar shingles on your roof, more than ordinary solar panels and ordinary shingles. Same things with glass and windows and doors and things like that. Uh, the second issue is that they're, they've never been as reliable as these ordinary kind of indestructible tempered glass aluminum frame solar panels. They're just not, they're not lasting as long. And the third reason, and this is a really tricky one to get around, is that there are a lot of new safety requirements for electrical components, of which solar is one, that are difficult to meet with building integrated photovoltaics. Not that it's impossible, but it just adds more cost. It's difficult. So in the reality, these are really hard problems to solve. I mean, just, just to give you an example, I mean, we talked about solar paint. I've seen so many concepts of, of this new solar material, and we can put it into a paint, and we can just spray it on. I can't even get paint to stick to the side of my house for 10 years. I can repaint every 10 years. I don't see how we're going to get solar paint to really be that durable. And by the way, that solar paint is going to have to be integrated with wires and safety features because you're generating electricity. And anytime there's electricity running around, you got to make sure it's safe. You know, we're not talking about one volt. We're talking about ordinary solar panels are 30 or 40 volts and the systems are, are strung together up to 600. So it's a tough problem to solve 
with all these new concepts. So just to kind of uh, provide a little bit of an overview, I, I'm, I just did a little bit of recollections over the past 15 years or so, products that I remember on the market from 2000, 2001, and, and I've installed a number of these and and tried to buy a number of these and, and you know didn't buy a number of these because I had questions. It's just kind of interesting to see what's been tried and maybe that'll give us some insights into what the potential is in the future. Oh, back in 2001, the first product I, I really came across when, and people were looking for this, and this was kind of in the early stage of the, the solar industry, the, the rooftop photovoltaic solar industry in the U.S., a company called Atlantis Sunslate. They're based in Switzerland. I don't even know if they're still around. They, they might be. And they had a great concept. It's a, it's like a, a slate that, a roof slate, a tile, not that big, maybe, you know, 15 by 20 inches. And solar cells were glued to this tile, and there was some wiring on the back of the tile, or I think the wiring might have come through the back. And the idea is you could put these slates down, and you'd have this nice black durable looking roof. And, and you know, people who, who have ever had a slate roof know that they last just about forever. They're very delicate and they're tricky. But these solar slates were kind of a great idea. Well, I tried to buy them for a customer who insisted that they wanted it and it was really hard to get. And then I started to, to look at some existing systems that people had. And um, there was one that was uh, here in Silicon Valley. And, and um, what happened is that the output on these solar slates was much less than people expected. And, and, and the reason was that when you apply a solar cell to some kind of material that, that's hot, the solar cell gets hot. It doesn't cool down. And when solar gets hotter, contrary to what you may think with solar thermal, but with solar electric systems, when they get hotter, when the cells get hotter, there's more resistance and you get less energy output out of them. So the power goes down. So that was kind of one of the dilemmas that that um, that these slates had. And, and those problems persist with, with several other of the BIPV products. And the way we get around it with ordinary solar panels is they're usually elevated from the roof two or three inches and there's air that flows underneath. But if you have something that's just stuck on the roof, like a shingle, they get hot. And, and trust me, as one who's been up on the roof in lots and lots of hot sunny days, I've had my shoes actually melt off. So these things get pretty darn hot. Another, another idea, also I saw back in 2000, 2001, are, are semi-transparent solar glass. And, and it's very, very cool the way you can put a thin film of a, of a solar material on glass, on, on ordinary um, non-tempered glass. And uh, you could bond it together with tempered glass so it's more durable, whatever. And you can actually generate a little bit of electricity. The problem is that windows are vertical, 90 degrees. And there's not as much incident solar radiation hitting 90 degrees. Yes, if you put it on the south window in the winter, you're going to generate some power. But most times during the day, the sun is a little bit higher. And you actually want to put overhangs on your house so that you don't have sun hitting the windows. And if you've got these solar windows, it's going to be a little trickier. So that was a problem. The other challenge that they had was that this solar glass, once again, is generating electricity. And you can just imagine how you put windows into the side of a building or a house. And you're going to have to run wires in those window frames. And any wiring that's in a building has to be protected in conduit so nobody touches it. And, and actually any solar material that's bonded to the glass can't be accessible. You don't want some kid poking a paperclip into one of these wires on the back of the glass and, and boom, you know, hey, mom, I found 600 volts. That's not too good. So it's tricky to kind of wire these things up. But I think those problems could have been overcome. It might have been expensive. But then windows are all different sizes. 
And every single size product, every single type of product has to get very, very carefully tested by Underwriters Lab. I mean, believe it or not, we're going through some of these tests at Spice Solar, and I've been doing it at my other company, uh, Akina and Westinghouse. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars to do tests on every single solar product. So, so what happens is when these companies come to market with this concept like solar glass, it's like, boy, you know, we, we can make this material. It's not that hard. We can put it in a frame, but every different size has to have special testing. And then that means that you need to generate a lot of volume, a lot of sales volume. It's just not practical. Another one that we installed a bunch of is something called Unisolar. This was a peel-and-stick material, a flexible solar material. It was 128 watts, maybe up to 150. It came on a roll, 19 feet long. And you stuck it down onto a standing seam roof. Looked really good. Concept was great. The problem was it always took much longer than an ordinary installation. And contrary contrary to what people thought, peeling and sticking the stuff on was really difficult. The roof had to be perfectly clean, and if you didn't align it properly on this 19-foot panel, you couldn't pull it off. And the other thing is, it was a thin film material, and the efficiency, at the time, solar panels had like 15% efficiency. These amorphous materials were down around 6%. A bunch of companies, AstroPower, BP Solar, PowerLight, Dow have all come out with solar roof tiles or flexible roof shingles. Great idea. One of the challenges there is that you've got a, you've got a lot of wiring connections. And that wiring, every, every shingle had to have two wires come down and sometimes even a ground. That's three wires. So for a, a system that had you know, 100 of these tiles on there, you might have 300 or, or, or 200 wiring connections. And that was a lot of work. And second, there was warranty issues because if, if one of these things went bad, it was really hard to figure out which one. And uh, also, right now, they're hard to replace. Solar integrated technologies took unisolar, this is another concept, and, and put it onto a long piece of uh, flat roof material. Once again, didn't work out. Just too expensive, and you had moisture problems on flat roofs because it was puddling. And, you know, finally, and, and the one that's on the market, and it's actually kind of cool, is Certainteed has roof tiles. And um, they're the only company left that's really making these things. And that that is one product that I'm kind of looking at. If you are building a new house or if you want solar shingles, that's something that might work out okay. So we're talking about building integrated photovoltaic or BIPV. And it's a good idea when we, we talk about this is just to kind of look at what the existing building components on your house do. Shingles, stucco walls, shake roofs, materials like that. What, what do they do? Well, the, some of the characteristics are they have to be cheap because you use a lot of area and, they're, they're, and they have to be easy to install. They also have to be replaceable because that house is going to last for, you know, 100 years or so. So if there's a problem, they have to be fixed. They also have to be durable. You don't want to put something on your house that's going to wear out in five years or 10 years because it's expensive to hire a contractor and fix that. And the, the trickiest thing is that these building shell components are always exposed to the elements, and then people kind of can get near them, touch them, walls, windows. So you have to be careful about the wiring and the electrical issues. So when you look at all these challenges that building shell materials require, stucco, uh, sheathing on walls, shingles, skylights, things like that, it's pretty challenging. So when you look at what the BIPV materials have to do, And when you're adding solar into that mix, when you're trying to generate the maximum amount of electricity for the least amount of cost, you've got some challenges. We talked a little bit about efficiency earlier, and and efficiency is inversely proportional to temperature. So the hotter something gets, the worse it works. So solar panels are typically raised off the roof a little bit, so they ventilate. That's great. When you attach solar material to something that's hot and black, the efficiency is going to be lower. Another big challenge 
is there's been a trend, and, and this trend is going to continue, towards more and more electronics embedded inside the solar panels. And these electronics improve the efficiency and the long-term performance of the system. So at Cinnamon Solar, you know, going back to 2009, we've been installing microinverters or optimizers on most of the systems we put on the roof. And, and these are really useful when there's any shading possible. If you have a roof that's completely unshaded or almost no shading, you don't really need this extra electronics. But a lot of people have a chimney or trees or different roof segments. And this, these electronics allow you to, to manage the operation of each individual panel. And so you can imagine if, if instead of putting 20 of these 280-watt panels, standard solar panels on your roof, you're putting 100 tiny little panels that might be, you know, 30 or 40 watts, you need a lot more electronics. And that's tricky. And then taking it a step further regarding the wiring, it's a lot easier to wire up 20 panels reliably. It's going to last 25 years and the wiring is kind of tucked out of the way and safe versus wiring up, you know, 200 of these little shingles or, or little items. So the wiring becomes burdensome. And every, you have to realize every time you make a wiring connection, there's a chance of making a bad wiring connection or a chance of that connection going bad over, say, a 25-year year period. So that's a little challenging. And these BIPV products haven't really found a good way of getting around that yet. Now, from a commercial standpoint, in order to release a product on the market that's safe, it has to be UL listed. And unless you're actually in the business of developing solar panel products or, or solar electronics, you have no idea how time-consuming and expensive it is to go through all the UL testing. Pick up any elect electrical item. Pick up a, you know, heck, um, a, a power strip or a light or any appliance. You're going to look and there's a UL listing on it. Well, every single solar panel or every single piece of solar electronics also has to have that UL listing. And in order to get that UL listing, you need to do literally hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of testing. And, and that's not impossible. I mean, it's doable. It takes maybe a year. But that means that you have to sell a lot of a product, a lot of the product, a lot of quantity, a lot of mass production in order to recover those testing costs. Warranty standpoint, looking at BIPV, solar panels are, are warranted for 25 years. So in order to make sure that your BIPV shingles or your windows are, are, are good, you know, you got to, the, the manufacturer has to be confident that their electronics, their cells, their wiring, their the substrate on which these cells are attached are really going to last for 25 years. And some companies have done that. I mean, I, I look at CertainTeed and they have something that's pretty good there and they certainly have a great warranty, but a lot of these other companies just, just kind of couldn't hack it or they actually came out with products and they, they didn't last. Material durability, that's another key issue. And you got to remember that when you're on the roof, anything on the roof, anything on the outside of the house, it's exposed to the sun. It's exposed to heat, rain, ice, snow. I mean, these, these are really, really tough environments. And what happens is that these, especially the heating and freezing, that has a tendency to break things that aren't really uh, attached well. A little bit of water sneaks in between a crack and then that water freezes. And over, over the period of a few uh, um, seasons, that's going to break. Or the sun, brutal ultraviolet radiation. The solar cells are okay for that. But a lot of plastics just can't handle it. So durability is critical. And then finally, you've got to make sure that the systems can be maintained. And, you know, as I mentioned, if you've got 200 solar tiles on your roof and one of them goes bad, it may be kind of tricky to find out which one it is. And, and there's a lot of wiring connections. Whereas the newer solar panels, 20 panels on the roof, you got, you know, Grab one, you got one in 20 to figure out. And then if it's monitored with optimizers or microinverters, usually you can figure out exactly which one's not working well. So it's a lot easier. And that's one of the challenges that BIPV has is really catching up with some of the, these performance advantages. Now, 
these problems that we talked about, they can be solved. But in order to solve them, it's very expensive. So what you end up happening is you could come out with a BIV product that, that solves all of these efficiency electronics and wiring problems, but then it's going to be like two or three or four times more expensive than ordinary solar panels. And the price of solar panels has come down so much. And when you're looking at these expenses, you also have to remember that it's not just the cost of the BIPV product, but it's the installation cost and the permitting costs. And, and those are kind of tricky and high. Let me give you an example. And, and this is just some experience that I've had. Eh, Ten years ago or so, uh, one of the biggest solar panel manufacturers, I think it was the biggest at the time, came out with a great idea, triangular solar panels. So if you have a roof that's got kind of a, a triangular roof section, a hip roof, the, the concept was that they would make triangular panels that would kind of match that profile. So it would be wonderful. You'd have this trapezoidal-shaped roof or triangular-shaped roof, and then you can have um, solar panels that would perfectly cover that roof, and they would all line up. Great, great idea. The challenge is that the, the dimensions of that triangle, the angle in the triangle, really has to change based on the slope of the roof. If you have a 45-degree slope roof, which is very, very steep, then those triangles should be a right triangle, a isosceles triangle. But any other shapes, you want to have something that, that's a lower angle. So they made these triangular modules at a lower angle. They were pretty good for like a typical 412 pitch roof, like 18 degrees. But then it was hard and expensive to cut the glass in the triangle to build a frame for that triangle because it wasn't all rectangular. And then they needed to have matching rectangular panels that would go in the center of the rows. Then they also needed left triangles and right triangles because it wasn't a right, it wasn't a perfect right triangle. It wasn't an isosceles angle. It was um, a little bit different. So, so you needed two different uh, sizes, a left and a right. And then the wiring was a little bit tricky and they did some, they had some nice technology around the wiring. But at the end of the day, what ended up happening is just way too expensive and it only worked on certain roofs. It looked really cool. We installed a few of them, but just way too expensive. And then some people said, well, why don't you just make a little triangle that isn't electric? Just take a piece of glass and cut it in a triangle and frame it. Once again, a great idea, but believe it or not, way, way, way more expensive than just a rectangular solar panel, even though there's no solar capabilities. So here's what's working in the solar industry. And I, I kind of focus everybody towards what works and what's going to be cost effective. If somebody wants to do something custom for, you know, a, a $30 million house, they can go have anything developed that they want, put on, you know, five kilowatts of something funky and, and custom. But but in general, the solar industry is focused on mass production, mass production of solar panels, whether the production is done in the U.S. locally or whether it's done overseas or whether the supply chain, you know, you might get cells in, in Taiwan, you might get aluminum from Mexico, you might do assembly in the U.S. I mean, this is the way this is, the industry is done right now. It's, it's what's really cost effective, and, and prices have come down like almost by a factor of 10, are standard solar panel sizes, residential 60 cell, commercial um, utility scale, usually 72 cell, standard sizes, standard electrical characteristics, work with all inverters and electronics. That way everything works. And a manufacturer could make just a few of, of, of these products, you know, a few different models, and cover most of the market. That way they can recover all of their development and testing costs. So, you know, continuing, and I think it's a great idea, a few intrepid companies have introduced these BIPV products, and I still see announcements of them, and, and they're cool, and maybe some of them are going to overcome these problems. But there's just, right now, not enough market acceptance, and you need a lot of market acceptance in order to get those costs down. So my recommendations, they're pretty straightforward. Solar's here to stay. 
Ordinary solar panels, very cost-effective. You're looking at paybacks in the range of four to eight years. And what that means is you're able to generate electricity on your roof for like six cents a kilowatt hour and compare that to your utility bill. So advice is get solar now. Don't wait for a pie-in-the-sky new BIPV and, and just plan in the future you know, for something like storage. If you're lo- doing new construction, brand new custom house. There are a few solar shingle companies still on the market. You know, I mentioned CertainTeed's got a pretty cool product. They're, they're um, in general, more expensive, and uh, they're a little trickier from an installation standpoint. The performance isn't going to be quite as high as, as some of the, the, the newer, higher efficiency panels. You're not going to be able to build the electronics in as well. But th- that might make a lot of sense for you if you want something cool and different. Now, another good option is if you have a barrel tile roof, a lot of people are building in rectangular panels into that. So you, you don't put tiles in a rectangular section, and we just embed lower flush with the barrel tiles a rectangular section of solar. But on 99% of the other rooftops, your standard high-efficiency black-on-black solar modules are, are, are getting the best way to go. Well, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamonsolar.com and listen to the podcasts.